This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Busy day trying to get all the news in for you. Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace, Dave Gosher, Chris Chapman along with you on a Wednesday. Just heard from General Manager Kelly McCrimmon. And, you know, Dave, it's interesting because you and I, as we were leading into Kelly McCrimmon's press conference, we were, we were speaking mostly about kind of what we would do or what, what we think is going to happen next. And both you and I had this idea that maybe the moves today from Vegas weren't it. Maybe there was something else going on. But as Kelly McCrimmon just stated in his press conference, he doesn't expect or anticipate to be involved in any other discussions uh, in terms of bringing in more players. So just kind of your your thoughts on what we just heard from Kelly McCrimmon, especially to that point. Yeah, I guess the things that jumped out to me, Ryan, were that, that uh, it sounds like they're done. Now, I guess that's always subject yeah. to change. Um, but the fact that they're done, uh, their priorities going into the offseason were to get a better handle on their cap. Well, and we know how they did that. Resign Alec mm-hmm. Martinez. They were able to accomplish that and also strengthen uh, their forward position. And they feel they've been able to do that with the addition of Dadnoff and the and keeping uh, and keeping Yanmark and, and also with the acquisition of Nolan Patrick, which should not be left out. So uh, the other thing that I think a few things struck me, but he feels it's the best top nine they've had in his yeah. time here. Yeah. And also the best collection of forwards overall in his time here. So, uh, again, it sounds like they're done. Um, you know, one of the things I kept thinking about yesterday, Ryan, when all the news broke about the Flurry trade, I remember thinking, all right, well, as much as this is a lot to kind of wrap your head around, that the face of the franchise has been shipped out, would you feel better tomorrow if Jack Eichel was on the team? Well, you know, <laughs> you, and it's okay to it's okay to have these thoughts, you know. And, uh, sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, again, and I, I think, you know, we had our conversation with Darren Pang earlier. It's going to – you'd have to clear out a lot of space, any team, to do that, to fit in a $10 million cap hit a year. So it sounds like, uh, at least right now, this is where the Golden Knights will will be at. Uh, so, in essence, they add uh, they add a forward via free agency in Dadnoff. They bring one in via trade with Patrick, and they keep one – uh, with the end mark. So, um, and at least you know, they feel anyways that, uh, you know, that's going to be enough. You know, he mentioned Dadnoff and his ability uh, to score on the power play. Last year with Ottawa did not have a power play goal, but again, kind of a down year for him. Two years ago in Florida, had 11 power play goals, tied for the team lead uh, with the Panthers uh, that year, along with uh, Mike Hoffman. So, Again, if you're looking to fix the offensive woes, which were not a problem in the regular year, quite obviously, they scored five goals or more 20 times, led the league by a mile. But in that third round, again, it dried up for them, and the power play dried up. Well, hopefully the addition of Dadnoff on both those fronts will be able to to try to rectify those issues. Yeah, and on Dadnoff specifically, when Kelly McCrimmon 
first started talking about Dadunov, he mentioned that this is a player that makes his living in the hard ice. And, and in the playoffs, when goals dry up, when things tighten up, you need a player that's going to be able to be comfortable finding pucks in front of the net. And, and it sure sounds like that's what you're getting in Evgeny Dadunov. And then you know another thing that's interesting is when you make that trade of Marc-Andre Fleury and you open up that cap space with the understanding that it's just going to be allocating that money differently. It's not going to be looking to spend $12 million in goaltending. It's going to be looking at how you can improve in other areas because, you know, in in $12 million in goaltending, it limits you in terms of what you can put into your team at the forward position and defensively. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people maybe expected a a big move or that the Golden Knights wouldn't spend to the cap, but this is going to be a cap team because it's a team that's all in this year. Well, they freed up $7 million, right? So they gave Martinez 5.25, and uh, what did they give Dadnov money-wise here? I can just uh, click on the computer. Dadnov's $5 million. So that's $5 million. So there's $10 million. Uh, So again, now right now, they're over, but that's okay in the the offseason. Uh, you know, the other thing that factors into this, Ryan, is who knows? I mean, teams of, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and, and who knows injury-wise, I guess is my bigger point. You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't have Nikita Kucherov all regular year, right? And then, mm-hmm. you yep. know, they, they were able to free up. And I'm not suggesting that's going to be the case with the Golden Knights. But, you know, if you if you are able to, you know, that cap space, and they, they this was the, the thing they tried to kind of, they tried to juggle all last year was trying to grab money back, you know, and, and conserve as much money as they could. Um, off the cap by by dressing short for games or whatever the case may be, they ran they get into a heck of a bind late in the year because they had a lot of injuries happen inside the final ten games and they couldn't long term injured reserve anybody because of that. So, you know whether you know Kelly always uses this line they'll be cap compliant you know when they need to be cap compliant and they, and they will be but you know yeah. there's different ways to do it. So, uh, but again so they've committed now five point two five to Martinez and five million a year to. To Dadnoff, uh, just over the last, uh, well, we'll call it 24 hours, I guess, and still have Nolan Patrick to sign. Um, and then we'll see. You know, do they move on from some other players, or is this the team that, that they come to training camp with? Yeah, you know, it, to, to me it's interesting because, you know, as, as we're looking here, as we're sitting here with the Golden Knights and, and their forward core right now, obviously Nolan Patrick needs another deal. You've got Brett Howden, Nick Waugh, Keegan Colasar on very, very – good solid deals you you know what the what what you can get out of Keegan Colasar does Nick Waugh have another step Brett Howden to to Golden Knights fans a little bit of an unknown and then you know what the expectations were for Nolan Patrick coming in now when you look at those four players specifically and and depending on what the number looks like for Nolan Patrick I, I just I think that because you've got some young players that are hungry that are looking to make their mark and and especially when it comes to Nolan Patrick in a new setting um, I'm very curious to see how those players kind of fit into the mold for the Golden Knights and how this team is constructed if indeed this is what the Golden Knights are come training camp yeah I agree with you you know and you can always you always play this game of just jotting down different combinations right and who knows I mean with Nolan Patrick do they do they give him a look in training camp? I would think they would between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. I mean, I, I would think that's something they would take a gander at. Um, you know, I said this, I think, last week, Ryan, no disrespect to Chandler Stevenson. What if he was your third-line center? You know, what, yeah. what if what if he was a center? Be, I'm just going to make it up. What if he was a third-line center between Alex Tuck and Matias Janmark or Alex Tuck and Evgeny Dadunov? 
whoever you want to put on the wings. And then your fourth line is Nick Waugh, Will Carrier, Ryan Reeves, Keegan Colasar, Brett Howden, whoever you want to kind of put uh, in that mix. So, you know, yeah. they would have, and again, this is all predicated on everyone being, you know, healthy as they move forward throughout the season. But, and the other guy that he was asked about was Peyton Krebs. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I wanted to kind of come back to him because I wonder if he's somebody that could break through and make this team out of training camp. 20-year-old kid in a small sample size last year, only played four games, but acquitted himself so well in those games before obviously, you know, breaking his jaw. Um, Boy, what a shot in the arm it would be. And and it's a lot to ask of a young kid, you know, a 20-year-old who's only, well, I'm looking, he's only played nine games pro, right? He played four with Vegas and five with Henderson. Could he be a guy, I remember Shane and I talking about it on, on our broadcasts, in the games he played with an eye towards maybe the playoffs. Now, he didn't get that far, obviously, because he got hurt. But is he someone or is it a combination of him and Patrick, two young guys that maybe could break through? And, and you know, we talk about down the middle. Well, maybe they're mm-hmm. part of the answer down the middle. I'm sure they're hoping that's the case. Yeah, I, I think that that's a fair point on Peyton Krebs. And, and from what you know we saw in the limited time that he had here with the Vegas Golden Knights is a player that, that gave everything he had, right? You, you knew the motor was working. You knew that he was, he was finding ways to be impactful, even if it wasn't necessarily with uh, the, these I mean, the play that he made on the assist that he that he had on on the Alex Tuck goal was just phenomenal in his first game in the NHL. But then getting to get some time up on the top line uh, with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and acquitting himself just perfectly fine and, and really kind of being a driver, I, I think that, you know, you have a good camp. All of a sudden you kind of make things a, a little bit more interesting and, and you make this team a little bit more deep. Well, yeah, and I think that's an area, too, that, uh, you know, at some point you do need, and they've started to see this, I guess, more on the back end than up front, but you need your younger players to push, you know, to make a push, to make the team. I mean, you, you know, we've we've this. it's a hard math equation, but we've kind of lived it over the last two days, right? It's, at some point, can you get younger players, younger and cheaper players, to do the same job, if not better, than the guys you – currently have and you know you so last year you had Nick Hague and in the last couple of years we'll just say you know Nick Hague Zach Whitecloud make good pushes on the back end Nick Waugh's been a contributor up front um you know Cody Glass kind of here and there and obviously they moved on from him all right well now he turns into Nolan Patrick can Peyton Krebs come in and and uh you know and and, and make this team uh Kelly McCrimmon also said he'd like to see Dylan Coglin play some more games in the NHL so there's another yep. young defenseman that they're hoping might be able to, to break through. So, yeah, it's, uh, at some point it is imperative that the younger guys take a bigger chunk of it. And, you know, they have a pretty good crop of, uh, of young players here. With, and, you know, more, we focus maybe a little bit more up front right now. That's been our, kind of the topic of, with Krebs and Patrick. And, and you hope they're able to, to, to break through. Uh, I think Patrick will benefit from a change of scenery. We kind of talked about that last time. And now you've got Krebs who, uh, you know, took so many uh, nice steps forward before he got hurt. But, you know, by most accounts was ready to go and, and if needed when they were in the playoffs here not long ago. 
Yeah, it's really interesting, and and there's there's one player that I'm I'm very curious about, and, and where kind of the things are going, where, where everything's going to fit, and how the Golden Knights are going to look just in terms of their top nine. Because the the comment from Kelly McCrimmon about the top nine forwards for the Golden Knights struck me as one that's important and not insignificant in any in any way, shape, or form. So when we come back, we're going to get into Alex Tuck and where I think Alex Tuck might fit and what that line might look up look like to maximize Alex Tuck. All that coming up next on the Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. One-timers on a very, very busy Wednesday afternoon. We look around the league, but before we get there, I, I do want to finish that thought on Alex Tuck because when you look at the Golden Knights, you look at the, the, the idea that Kelly McCrimmon spoke directly about this top nine forward group being among the very best that this team has ever had, and you start going through and trying to figure out, parse together early on what the lineup might look like. Is it as simple as saying Nolan Patrick will pivot Alex Tuck and Evgeny Dadunov. I I feel like there's a number of reasons why that line might work, but if that's the case and everything above it stays the way that it is, with the misfit line being as they are, Chandler Stevenson between Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, then it leaves you options for Matthias Janmark and Nick Waugh and Brett Howden and Keegan Colasar and William Carrier and Ryan Reeves to kind of be that cast for your for your bottom line, your fourth line. And I think that is where real depth has been acquired by the Golden Knights this offseason. Yeah, I think, Ryan, that's, uh, and it always, I'm with you, it always looks great in late July, right? The pencil always out. <laughs> and uh, usually it takes care of itself because someone gets hurt, something happens, whatever the case might be, you know. But yeah, I mean, I think that if you looked at an area that's kind of been a revolving door for the Golden Knights, for lack of a better way to put it, it's been. Yep. You know, a winger on the third line, you know, whether it's been, you know, a couple of years ago, they put they, they brought over Tomas Tatar in the, in the first year. Last year, they brought over Nick Cousins uh, two years ago. Rather this last year, they brought over Matias Janmark. Um, at least right now, it seems like they have more options. You know, I used to say a lot kind of last year I, as they went through the season and despite scoring goals in bunches when the goals would dry up. I kind of felt like they had seven forwards they could really count on the score on a nightly basis, and that was the top two lines mm-hmm. and Alex Tuck. Well, at least right now, on a piece of paper, they have some more options, and they have been able to to hopefully address that that depth up front and the ability to get you know goals from from more players, and especially hopefully for them if they're able to make another deep run and, and get into the uh, the you know the, the the later rounds of the playoffs. Shifting focus away from the Golden Knights, we look at the Seattle Kraken, who signed Philip Grubauer today. Six-year deal, $5.9 million average annual value. And, you know, for me, it's interesting because you you look back to the expansion draft, you look back to Chris Dreger and kind of being that face for the Kraken, but now the Kraken have a, a Vesna finalist in the fold with Chris Dreger that tandem is going to be pretty good in this Pacific Division. Yeah, you know, and I we, when we had Darren Pang on earlier, Ryan, I, I, you know, I just said to him, "Are you surprised that the, the Avalanche just could not figure it out with Philip Grubauer, Vesna finalist, along with Flurry and Vasilevsky, led the league with 30 wins, 
And, well, the answer is, yeah, they, they couldn't figure it out. So, yeah, I thought with Dreger that he would be the new number one, but, you know, for, for Grubauer lands on his feet. So then, all right, you follow the turns, you know, the kind of one door, you know, closes, another one opens, right? <laughs> so what does Colorado do? They go and get Darcy Camper from Arizona earlier today. They send a first-round pick and Connor Timmons the other way. So you're wondering what are, you know, and Panger kind of said, there had to, it's got to be a plan B out there. There's your plan yeah. B. Darcy Kemper goes to Colorado. Yeah, and I, I like Darcy Kemper a lot. I, I look at the Colorado Avalanche and just how good they are defensively. It's something that I don't know that that team gets enough credit for simply because you've got the firepower of Kale McCarr and Devin Taves and Gabriel Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon, and you just kind of imagine that this is just a team that scores you and, and kind of beats you that way, but they're a very good defensive team, and Darcy Kemper has proven himself to be a goaltender that is very, very good on you know teams that, that play well defensively in front of them. So I think you know it, it's not replacing so much Philip Grubauer, the Vesna caliber season that he had last year, but I think if you're looking at kind of where you could go from there at this point, Joe Sackick did well to get Darcy Kemper. Yeah, no question. You know, and I think for Kemper, after, you know, the last bunch of years uh, with Arizona, where, uh, you know, battled some injuries, he and Auntie Ranta, it seemed like it was a couple of years ago, they, neither one of them could stay healthy. Um, and something that we touched on earlier, you know, I think Panger was talking about Buffalo and, you know, Jack Eichel. I think after a while, it's a grind on players. When you play on a bad team and you know you're probably not going to get in the playoffs or if you manage to get yourself in, you know, I think players players always know, right, that they're probably not going to be, be able to make a deep run. So for Kemper, yeah. I think this has got to be just kind of a, you know, a, a, for a fresh start. But to go to a team as good as Colorado, yeah, I think he'll be – He'll be more than adequate, uh, you know, for the Avalanche. We've seen him, you know, get a good close look at him the last few years with Arizona, gave the Golden Knights all that they could handle. Um, and I think the other thing I'd be interested to see with Colorado too, Ryan, is it looks like Brandon Saad probably isn't going to be back, right? They, You know, he's he's an unrestricted free agent. I, I saw an interview earlier today with Gabe Landeskog after he signed a, a big deal to stay as, as the Colorado captain. And he was asked what he, he felt the team learned from losing to Vegas last year. And he said, mentally, we have to be a lot stronger. He said, we were not able to shake off some of the tough losses. And he used the example of Tampa. He said, the Lightning, and and what better example than the back-to-back cup champs, the ability to let games go, win or lose, quickly. He said, you know, we built a 2-0 lead on Vegas, probably didn't deserve to win game two. But Vegas came out real hard in games three and four and tied the series and eventually won the series. So I'll be curious to see as we get ahead in the next year, and you expect Colorado to be a contender again, mentally their captain is saying they have to be a stronger team, and now they'll have a new number one goaltender to go along with them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you get out of the Colorado Avalanche next season. But, you know, when you look at a team that I think did some some really good housekeeping today, Uh, We go back to Seattle. So in acquiring Philip Grubauer, that's a big, big piece. But then the the Kraken not done. Jaden Schwartz signs a contract with the Seattle Kraken. It is a five-year deal, $5.5 million average annual value. And then Alexander Venberg 
a three-year deal, $4.5 million average annual value. I think it was a nice, tidy day for Ron Francis. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We, we did some draft shows over la last weekend, and we kind of wondered yeah. what's the strategy that Ron Francis was using because the thing that the Golden Knights mastered four years ago was the expansion draft of the side deals, right? You know, the side deals yep. they pulled off um, to, to, to field that first team. There wasn't a lot of that really at all with with Seattle. Um, but, you know, the guys they brought in, and to your point today with, with Wenberg and Schwartz and Grubauer, you know, to go along with Yanni Gord, a huge part of, of uh, Tampa Bay winning the last two cups, Jordan Eberle, uh, real good veteran player in the league. Uh, and I like their defense too, Ryan. You know, Mark Giordano, yeah. Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson, Carson Soucy, who was uh, a real good player in Minnesota. Uh, you can go right on down the line, and then in net, hard to go, hard not to like the guy that led the league in wins <laughs> last year. So uh, they put themselves, you know, in a good spot as a first-year uh, team in the league. And I, I've said, you know, I it wouldn't surprise me if they make the playoffs, or at least they're knocking on the door to contend for a spot because uh, they had access to good players, and they've also brought in some good players since the expansion draft. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Perhaps the biggest name heading into free agency was defenseman Dougie Hamilton, and he signs a seven-year, $63 million contract with the New Jersey Devils. It's a big payday for Dougie Hamilton, $9 million average annual value on that one. And for me, when you look at offensive production from a defenseman, Dougie Hamilton fits the bill, and he's going to do that in New Jersey. Yeah, you know, and it, uh, with Hamilton, it's so this is his fourth team, right? He comes over, comes yeah. a high high pick of the Boston Bruins. Uh, I want to say back in 2013, I believe, or 2012, might have been 2012. Um, you know, since then, Calgary, Carolina, and now New Jersey, and signs this big deal today. So yeah, I think that um, I wonder with a deal like this a little bit, Ryan, and, and who knows? We'll have to see. Are you going to wince at it a little bit later on, you know, as it gets later on? But, look, he's a yeah. guy that offensively, for sure, offensively he's got a lot of gifts. I think, I think you know, if you're going to be honest about it, maybe at the other end of the ice there can be a little bit of some concern. <laughs> but, hey, look, the right side for them right now, Hamilton, Damon Severson, P.K. Subban. They got two They got two defensemen, not one but two, making $9 million a year. Subban's in the final year of his deal. But, hey, you throw in, uh, you know, they bring over Ryan Graves from the aforementioned Avalanche. Uh, Ty Smith, good young defenseman. So, uh, yeah, Tom Fitzgerald's done a pretty nice job there. And this is all, of course, with adding uh, Luke Hughes to, I'm sure he hopes, uh, join Jack, his brother, with uh, with the Devils as well. And um, and we'll see where they go from there. And, they, you know, we should mention they also bring in Jonathan Bernier, right, on a free agent deal yeah. uh, in net. Yeah. So. You would think he and Mackenzie Blackwood would be the tandem for the Devils. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I'm I, going to say when it comes to Dougie Hamilton, yeah, you look at the offensive numbers, they're gaudy, they're fantastic. In his own zone, it'll be interesting to see kind of how it all plays out. But, you know, for me, I, I'm looking at kind of the comparables. Obviously, you're looking at that Seth Jones contract, and you know, I'll take Dougie Hamilton at, at about $500,000 less and that a deal to expire a couple of years sooner um, over the, the Seth Jones contract. That's me, though. Uh, as we go to the Boston Bruins, 
in goal. I think this is kind of the big one for me, Linus Olmark. It's a four-year deal, $20 million for Linus Olmark. And, you know, when when you get the news that Tuka Rask is, is kind of not going to be ready for the beginning of the season, what do you do at that point? I like Olmark on this team because it's a it's a goaltender that has put up pretty good numbers on a very bad Buffalo team. However, the durability is going to be a question, I think, for Olmark going into this contract. Yeah, and, and again, for him, I, I think probably the biggest thing for him, and he's out of Buffalo. You know, it's hard, yeah. right? Yep. Every year you're struggling to win, don't make the playoffs, haven't made the playoffs in a decade. But I like the addition of Olmark, to your point, Ryan, just – Tuka Rask isn't going to be ready to play for a while. Um, so they, you know, they can talking about long-term injury reserve, they'll they'll he's un, he's unsigned. So they, you know, I don't think they'll they'll get to that until he's probably close to returning. But I like a lot of what Boston did today. Uh, a couple of former Golden Knights in that mix, Tomas Nosek, who uh, yep. we heard Kelly McCrimmon talk about earlier, Eric Halla. I got a funny little story for you. Unless my eyes were deceiving me, <laughs> I think I saw Eric Halla in Best Buy in Summerlin yesterday. From afar, like I was, because I think he was back for the you know the softball game there, the the, you yeah, know, the Riley yeah. Smith thing. So, but I was I was kind of in the other part of the store, and I'm like, I think that's him. But then I was kind of talking to somebody. But anyway, uh, for what that's worth, so you've got Holland, Nosek, Nick Foligno, terrific veteran player who they bring in as well, and you know a couple of defensemen with you know with Mike Riley and Derek Forbert. Uh, so here's the other question for the Bruins: Is uh, David Krejci? Has not signed, unrestricted free agent. Uh, my sense is he would stay. And I know Don Sweeney yeah. said that, uh, you know, the door was open there to continue discussions. But, you know, they have brought in some other players, I, probably as a preemptive uh, move, just in case uh, Krejci decides to, to to move on somewhere else. But, yeah, they were, uh, they were pretty active today, to say the least. So I know that this is going to be this is going to be our last one timer, and I know it's a deal that happened yesterday, and it was kind of buried in the news cycle because obviously the Golden Knights traded Mark Andre Fleury, and it's kind of crazy when you sit and think about this contract being buried in the news cycle. But Alex Ovechkin signs a five-year, nine-point-five million dollar average annual value contract. It'll take him through. Somebody's happy about year that. Yeah, it'll take him through his age 40 year. But this is Alex Ovechkin announcing to the hockey world that he is coming for Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring title, and I think that's awesome for the game. So what's he's at 730, right? What was Gretzky, 894? Is my, my, my memory correct. correct on that? So my basic arithmetic, which is always subject to, uh, <laughs> to double-checking, He's 164 goals shy, so he signed for five years, right? So he'd have to that average, what's that, 30, oh, I don't know, 35 a year, roughly, for the next five years, um, if he was going to catch Gretzky. So, you know, I, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I, I think it's very conceivable. He's 35 years old. Um, if you look at his games played, he, knock on wood, he's never hurt. He very rarely yes. misses games. Now, last year is a little different story. He, he did miss some last year. I think some of that was COVID-related, too. He only played 45 of the of the 56, so he missed 11. But he doesn't – he really doesn't miss games. He, he's missed – he misses two or three games a year. He missed 10, of, you know, a decade ago. He's incredibly durable. And uh, I would love to see at least him get, you know, 
within striking distance. I mean, I guess you could say 164 yeah. away is striking distance, but that's still – he'd have to <laughs> score 35 a year for the next five years, which is certainly within the realm of possibility for him. All I'm going to say on this is that I'm here for the chase. I think it's fantastic, and and I know what you're thinking. If, if, you're, if you're looking at this contract and saying just analytically there's no way it's going to be bad at the end of the contract, you're absolutely right. I don't care, though. Because I want the the fun of the chase of Alex Ovechkin trying to chase down a record that many deemed was just never, ever going to be broken. I think that's fascinating. I think it's awesome. And I think it's absolutely fantastic for the game. Those are your one-timers for today, Wednesday, July, July 28th on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the BGK Insider Show. Wrapping it up here on a Wednesday, the opening of free agency in the NHL. The Golden Knights utilizing their newfound cap space to bring in Evgeny Dadnov, re-sign Alec Martinez, re-sign Matthias Janmark, and really find... More depth, I think, as we move along throughout this offseason. A uh, big thank you to Dave Gosher for sitting in with us and filling the shoes of Darren Millard. You do it incredibly well. I don't even miss Darren Millard, and it's been like three weeks that he's been gone. I'm, I'm not even worried about it anymore. I don't miss him either, to be honest Yeah, that's good. I, we're, I, you know, we're both on the same page there. It's fantastic. I just bug him with text. I, I, you know, when I text him, he's, so he's in Tokyo. He's 16 hours ahead. I can't do the math. I don't know what time it is. He's like, I think in Tokyo right now it's Saturday. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what time I'm texting him. I don't know if he's awake or asleep. That's fantastic. Well, it's, it's. We would be remiss, Chris Chapman, if we didn't go to you to catch up with you today. So, all right, everyone's favorite segment here, I suppose. It's catching up with Chapman. What do you got for us? All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the Golden Knights theme. That's been our theme the entire show. So I want to talk about a tweet that uh, a member of the Golden Knights sent out yesterday. I, I thought that it was very. Uh, touching in a lot of ways and and the response that i've seen from this tweet has been unbelievable and it was the tweet that robin leonard sent out uh i guess about 24 hours ago where he talked about having bipolar one and ptsd and he takes medicine and he talks to a psychiatrist he ended it with bless you all but i also like where he says oh and i'm pretty good at stopping pucks <laughs> the, the response from people that i have seen embracing Robin Leonard and the people retweeting it also speaking out about their mental illness, the awareness that Robin Leonard raised for people. And he, he does a tremendous job of it, but with this one tweet and, and seeing him reply to people and quote tweet people who are talking about their own illness, mental illness is it, it's very touching to me. And, and I think that he is an excellent spokesperson for mental illness, he should be commended every single day for the work that he does, and in raising awareness. And I, I mean, I, I, I just think that it's an awesome thing that he sent out, and seeing the response from people and the way that he has been embraced, it, it's just an amazing thing. And 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 hopefully, you know, we, we can see him um, raise more awareness in the future and and help people because I really feel like him tweeting this out is something that helps people who may be struggling with mental illness as, uh, on their own. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I, just in terms of kind of what that tweet was able to 
to bring about for many others, for whether it was people quote tweeting and with their own story or replying in the comments with their own story. It's, it's always nice to kind of get that conversation going. And Robin Leonard certainly did that yesterday. And you know what? I think uh, the, the world of Twitter, uh, especially Golden Knights Twitter, was better for it. Um, what say you, Dave? No, I would agree with you guys. I'm, I'm all for it, you know, and it's been in the forefront here. You know, you've got uh, the young gymnast there, uh, Biles at the Olympics right now that's, you know, yep. come out and talked about her struggles and something that was in the shadows for years and years and years, and I'm glad it's not in the shadows anymore. Couldn't have said it better myself. Hey, Dave, one more time. I, I know I've said it a couple of times here, but thank you so much for filling in today. Really appreciate your time. Hey, great to be with you guys. Take care. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dave Gosher. We're back tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.